Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Dawson. I'm a working medium, spiritualist minister, certified spiritual life coach, and mentor. My goal is to help support today's modern mediums and spiritual seekers in making strong connections with their own spirit and spirit helpers. I will share all I know about mediumship development and spirituality. I invite you to join me on this journey. Welcome back to the Connected Spirit Podcast. My next guest is an internationally renowned psychic medium and animal intuitive. Connecting with spirit, she consistently delivers powerful messages with gentleness, compassion, warmth, and wit, providing healing, peace, and closure to her clients. Having spent decades cultivating her innate spiritual gifts, she draws from her experience as a Reiki master, Ho'oponopono practitioner, author, and life coach. She works with individuals and groups from celebrities to doctors, professional athletes to moms, families, and more. I'm so excited to welcome Susan Allen to the show. It is so nice to connect with you, Susan. I'm so excited to be here. I adore you. Thank you. Likewise, we have connected via social media and then we've had interactions. And it's interesting when you connect with people outside of, can I say, real life, if you will, but yet there's energetic connections that are made and you can really feel the vibes and you go, oh, I really like this person. And now I'm chatting with you. So the honor is all mine. (laughs) Oh, how beautiful. So I really want to get to know you more. So you began studying mediumship in your late teens. And I'm just wondering if you can maybe share a little bit about like what that was like, maybe some of your experiences and really kind of maybe walk us through like what your development journey looked like. I feel that it started before that, but yes, I started formally studying, but the only thing that kept me going as a little girl growing up in um, Borough Park, Brooklyn, was my Italian grandfather that spoke broken English, and he knew how to keep my vibration high because he loved me. Mm-hmm. And when I'd go downstairs and spend a little time with him, because my parents were like, I was a latchkey. So they lived downstairs as most Italian American families on the East Coast. The, the, the grandparents lived downstairs and the, the rest of the family live upstairs. I would go downstairs and he would keep the vibration high in me with the stories of the saints, the miracles of the Italian saints, um, not just Italian St. Teresa, Padre Pio, St. Francis of Assisi. And that would keep this part of my soul alive and also animals. Um, you know, my parents, my mother was giving away every pet I had. Uh, we had one schnauzer left and I would just be collecting frogs and baby chicks. And I would get devastated if one of my black mollies ended up in the filter and I'd wake up one morning and one of my fish were in the filter. So I had this innate um, sensitivity. And years later, I think my brother told me, uh, you know, when I started doing this work, he had a memory of coming to get me out of the crib. And he said, you were laughing and giggling. And I said, Susie, who who are you talking to? And I said, the beautiful lady. And he said, 
I said, oh, and Tom, what did you think about that? Like, this was recent. And he goes, I was so freaked out, I ran out of the room. He was 11 years older than me. But my mother put him in charge of me, thank God, because he was like the mom, the father. He was it all in one person. (laughs) And then later, um, friends of mine that knew the laws, like the spiritual laws in Manhattan, they were older than me. They were more sophisticated. Um, They started to see um, abilities in me. Not that they would say it because I think it would have been too much for me, but I started to train privately with this little old lady. She looked like um, a little fairy godmother and she would teach private. It was, it was, you know, 19, it was in the eighties in New York. And I would go to her house once a week and she was teaching about um, high spiritual things that I couldn't even wrap my head around at the time. And it was, I was learning the higher arcana in tarot mm-hmm. and the meanings behind it and the hidden languages and the spirituality and the Masonics and on and on and on. And then I had a friend at 17 who taught me how to meditate. And I was on the floor and I had a visceral experience with her in meditation. And I said, oh my God, I, my whole back just cracked. And she said, they aligned you. And I was like, what? So there was all these things that would happen. And, you know, I'm 17. I'm now in Staten Island, devoid of any, like, psychic work. Mm-hmm. But the psychic store opens with crystals. And I had just seen the movie, the Shirley MacLaine movie, Out on a Limb. And my mother, that didn't couldn't figure life out herself she was always pushing me to do something I was always like doing the next thing that she thought I should do and she and I watched the movie and she goes you can do that and she would say to me when I was little I'm watching you I'm watching you because either you go to a mental institution with schizophrenia or you have panic attacks and anxiety until you learn how to harness the, the energy of what's coming in and I, the guy that was in the movie, Kevin Ryerson, who had just done the movie, was coming to the bookstore to talk about his book. And he had just done this movie with Sherlock McLean. So it was like this movie star was in Staten Island. And I kid you not, Courtney, nobody was there. He was there. The owner of the shop was there. My friend was there. And I went up to him and I said, that I just, you changed everything for me when I saw your channel. And he looked at me and said, you're the reason why I'm here. And I can't explain how important that was for mm-hmm. me to hear that. And I think like 10 years ago, I did a reading with him, like he channeled for me, but he didn't, he, I, I, he vaguely remembered. I mean, we're going back like 30 years. Yeah. So it was always like these little crumbs of inspiration. And I had so much anxiety as a child and as a young adult. And I was thrown into all these high level jobs, you know, in the garment industry, I was modeling, I was, and I had no protection. So I was just in like this open nerve of, stuff coming in. So I was having panic attacks in my late, at five, I had a panic attack. 
I mean, I was having so much anxiety because I had this, you know, second generation Italian American immigrant family. My father was, his parents were both born in Italy. My mother's parents were both born in Italy. And it was this work ethic. Yeah. You know, there was no, you, you went, you got a job and there was no, nothing further than that. And it would make me so depressed because I knew there was something more Yeah, and I wasn't there yet. You know, you mentioned something, Susan, that I think a lot of intuitives, a lot of sensitive experience is the anxiety. And even at a young age, and that I can totally relate because until I actually started developing my abilities and getting a mentor, training, using spiritual protection, I used to get full-on panic attacks that to some t- to some degree at times almost were debilitating where I couldn't even go out. People go, oh, that sounds extreme. Well, yeah, it can happen when we're so open and so sensitive and we're feeling all of this energy, whether it be from the living or from those that are unseen. And people don't always understand how that energy can affect us, not only emotionally, but on a physical level too. How did you cope with some of those experiences like that? I don't, I don't know how I lived through them because mine were so bad. I mean, I remember my mother at 22, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and it was 1987 and it was a death sentence in 1987. They didn't have tools to deal with it. And I was living home and we were like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, somehow I was the child that was going to be her everything. She totally lived her life through me. I adored her though. I mean, I didn't have tools to understand that this is not a healthy relationship. This woman is living her whole life through me. And I'm on buses and trains going from Brooklyn to Manhattan. And I, you could, you could wring my underwear out from anxiety. When I would get up and I would be like, <gasps> And being trapped with mm-hmm. all these people, it was always an issue to be trapped on trains, planes, anything I could not get remove myself from. So I look at my life and I go, how did I, how did I make it? Well, I would have all these little spiritual books. You know, it was mostly Native American stuff that I really related to. So I read like Cherokee literature and prayers and um, you know, Christian Larson literature. I'm going back to like the 20s and 40s. And this is how I would just read it over and over, almost like memorize it and be able to say it out loud because it, it became like my mantra and my hope. And I don't know how I made it. All I know is I had six months around the time my mother died of grand mall panic attacks. And I had to work because she had to quit her job because she couldn't work. Yeah. And going to Manhattan, it, it was the hardest thing I have ever lived through. And scrolling back, it, it made me strong. Having gone through that. And when I get anxious now, I know it's spirit. So I just close my eyes and meditate. Now, having said that, this woman adored me and she brought me to a psychiatrist in Brooklyn and he had these padded walls and she's with me and he understood, but I could not meditate because when you're crawling out of your skin, 
Yeah. And I teach this now to my mentees is when you're crawling out of your skin, you can't meditate. But guess what? When you're exhausted in the morning and you roll out of bed and you've had like 24 hours of panic attacks and you didn't sleep two or three hours, that's when you start your meditation journey. And that's how I got well. And that's how I started to be able to do this work because otherwise you're just like, this open channel to whatever is coming in. And there's so many people that are these open vessels, these channels for that energy. And I think it's really important that people recognize too that there's a time to work and connect with the spirit world, but there's also that time to still be really present in your physical life. We're not supposed to be open 24-7 and just downloading all of these messages from spirit. Part of our purpose is to do that work, but yet our other part of our purpose is to be here, present, learning, growing, having these experiences so our soul can experience growth here on the earth. Absolutely. Well said. You have had some incredible careers throughout your life. You've done Ford modeling. You've done real estate. You've done an art dealer. How did you get into these really, I want to say, unique careers? And then like, what led you up to becoming a full-time psychic medium? I think, um, you know, I talk about it. It's like not a joke. I was, I was in New York. I was doing um, off-Broadway. I really sucked as an actress. I was terrified. I had an acting teacher say, you, you're Mother Teresa. Who do you think you are? I mean, I'd find these acting teachers that were just horrible. Mm-hmm. And what I did love about acting is, you know, especially method acting, you get into like a state of meditation. And I think that's what I was attracted to. So I ended up coming out to California when I was 15 with my dad and seeing all this plethora of animals. And I said, one day I'm going to move there. And I was already manifesting this, not even understanding. And between 15 and the time my mother died, I kept saying, let's move to California. And she said, I'm not moving to earthquake country. I'm not doing any of that. When you get old enough and you have, you know, money, you can move there. I really feel like life really happened after my mother passed away Mm -hmm. because I didn't realize, sorry, mom, it's the truth. I wrote a 72,000 word book that I have not published because I feel like if somebody read this, it's they're going to think I'm broken and I'm so far from broken because there was so much trauma, so much of my mother like sitting on me mm-hmm. my entire life. Um, do this, do that. Um, you need to do this. You need to look like this. It was so much, so intense that it was really when she finally passed that my life started to heal. So my real journey of healing started at 27 and I had the tools, but I was still not knowing who I was. And it was, I, I did move to California to pursue acting. I had a very high level manager, but I didn't feel connected to that business. I felt there was, you know, there's something more. It just didn't feel right. I looked just like Fran Drescher I was going out like on nanny work. I sounded like a New Yorker. I had the long black hair and I just um, didn't 
feel like the soul connection to that. What I did feel a connection with when I started to represent painters and I felt like it was artistic and I felt like it was passion for me Mm -hmm. to sell to galleries all over the world. And I did that all over the phone. I traveled, I represented museum level artists to galleries and that I really, I thought I'm never going to do anything else. I, I will, I will, I will die doing this profession. I was good at it. I was making a really good living at it. You know, not millions, but I was making, and they fired me with a contract. And I just said, oh, wow, what? Um, they fired me? And I had to figure life out. And then I decided I'll get into real estate because nobody could fire me. And I was good at it, but I was so sensitive. I'd walk into a house and I would feel all of these things at me or the animals would like jump on my lap and people would always say to me, my dog doesn't act like that. Um, he's, he's not friendly. Like, and I never was getting it fast forward. Um, I get a dog cause I now have a partner that loves animals and he said, let's get a dog. So I get this dog and her name was Rosie and I'm now real estate licensed for 20, you know, 20 years now I'm licensed 22 years in real estate. I do, I do for friends and clients and I still dabble, but I don't, that's not the majority of my life. It's that's how I keep my foot in the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, what, what this, um, what had happened was um, I started having panic disorder again. And it was like a culmination of my sister dying suddenly having a heart attack and just dropping dead. I got married and I had a procedure done on my uterus that put me into instant menopause. So now I was having like grand mal panic disorder, yeah. grand mal. And I was like in my late thirties, early forties. And this dog was the love of my life, this little French bulldog, Rosie. And I started to walk with her and animals were coming up to me and butterflies were breaking right in front of me. Butterflies were landing on my hands and I would like take the butterfly, pull it up to my face and it still wouldn't fly away. And animals were popping out of the earth And then my little dog was just hanging out with me and walking me through this. And innately, she was showing me who I, helping me remember Mm -hmm. why I came into the world. And um, I started to meditate at that time. You know, my rule of thumb was I couldn't meditate. I wasn't sleeping. You'd look at my eyes and it looked like I was on some type of adrenaline my pupils were pins because I was like shaking all the time it was it was a dark time but I would consider it a kundalini awakening I think it came in like that yeah it came in like you know some people just go through this oh and dead people started coming no 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 it was not like that with me it was like um serious yeah and I would not medicate I mean, I'm not telling other people not to medicate. I never, I was never on antidepressants. I was never on anxiety medicine. I wanted to deal with it head on through meditation. That's how I dealt with it. And I was able to bring it in such a way that 
all of a sudden I, for fun, after a, a surgery and working with a horse in Malibu, because I couldn't ride anymore, I needed hip surgeries. I was really young. I think it was from trauma and coming into the world with joint problems that I started to need joint replacements early on. And um, it's so funny because I have this amazing Pilates instructor and she's like beautiful and fit. And she lost a child when the child was 10. Mm. And this woman needed all her joints replaced too. So it's like so interesting that trauma has an incredible load on our physical. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and if you need to bring me back, if I'm going off, just you keep going. No, you keep going. So I started to go, this, this amazing woman that I know, Jane Aerosmith, she doesn't know how she saved my life. She was a horse trainer and she taught me how to ride when I first moved here. But then she became really high up in the, in the rings of horse training. And I said, Jane, I just need some horse love and come up and work on Leo. So I went up every week for 18 months and I, you know, I'm doing real estate, not loving real estate, but I, it was how I made my income to pay my bills. And I would work on this horse and I was scratching him and loving him and massaging him and then feeding him like five pounds of carrots. I didn't know you don't feed a horse five pounds of carrots, <laughs> but I, I was there and I was alone and he was talking to me and I thought I'm really losing it. Cause it was around the time I was having panic disorder and he was telling me things that were so um, unique that the woman that was leasing him for a gazillion dollars a month, cause he was a, a dressage horse and I didn't ride. I just went up to work. I didn't never even met the owner of this horse. And I got all my gifts from him and this dog that I had, they downloaded and brought it in. And I mean, people that are listening to this and they're like, crazy, crazy, but I don't really care. Like, that's what I tell my husband. I don't really care what people think. I'm yeah. here to deliver a message. And yeah. maybe I can help somebody know they're not crazy. Yeah. And so I go to this woman, her name was Charlotte, in the parking lot. And she goes, oh, hi, Susan, how is he today? And I said... I I journaled everything he said because I didn't have a lot of confidence. So that's how I I took my first animal, one animal intuitive class. And that's how you did it. So I have 400 readings and composition notebooks and that I want to publish first. And I have to just get it out to my editor. And that'll be my first publication, not the, the memoir of my whole life. And I read this to her and it's funny because I told uh, Veronica on another podcast I did, she ran to her car and shoved $150 in my hands. Like she was a whole, Oh my God. And, and she puts all this money in my hands. And I said, he really wants to retire. She goes, Oh no, he likes to work. And I don't know his back legs are hurting. He really needs to retire. And she said, no, no, he likes to work. And six months later, she called me and said, the vet said, if we don't retire him, we will not have a chance to retire him. So I was like, praise the Lord. They sent him to this gorgeous barn. The woman who owns the barn totally loved my work. She would let me have free reign. She gave me the gate code. So I would go visit him all the time. 
And he lived like three years in retirement. But here he was downloading how to heal him, how to help him, his history, what he likes about being in the show ring, what he didn't like, about his trainer, about the woman that was leasing him. This And this was like, it, it was the beginning. And my husband was going, do not tell anybody you're doing this. Do not. You have a, you have, you're a realtor. People won't take you seriously. And I remember going to my gynecologist who had done this surgery on me, you know, as an, an oblation. So um, he, I'm, he, he was very lovely and he kind of saved me. And he, I said, he was, what, what have you been up to? And I go, I'm talking to animals. And he looked at me and he said, well, as long as they don't talk back, we're in good shape. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not safe. Yeah. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to get this. Nobody's going to understand that I have this connection that I'm not afraid of. I, if you put me on a stage and give me a script to read, I would be sitting there like shaking in my boots. When you give me a picture of an animal, I feel at one. I feel at one with spirit. Can't explain it. Don't need to try to explain it. I teach, I teach how I learned this and that's it. That's all, that's all I have to give is a message. And it's up to you whether you believe me or not. I'm not trying to prove anything. Exactly. And that's one of the most important things that um, psychic mediums can do is that when we stand on our truth and we give our information, we have to stand from a place of authenticity and Again, when we're working with spirit, it comes from that vibration of love. And if we stand in that love, it is not our responsibility for how people receive the information. We're only responsible for how we give it. So, you know, some people might go, oh, you're nuts. You're crazy. What are you talking at? You're talking to animals. You're talking to dead people. But you know what? I really think it's them that have the limited understanding and perhaps where they are in their journey right now, they're not quite yet ready to hear that. But that message, whether they may meet it with resistance, will, like that little stream of water that comes out of the side of the mountain, eventually break through. And I think that through mediums, through psychics, through healers, spirit will break down those walls at the right time. We're not responsible for that. We're that channel for that. So awesome for you for being brave to stand in your truth because too many people don't do that. And the world needs more psychic mediums. It brings healing. I love that you said that the world, it does. It, I mean, it's what healed me. Um, because yeah. I, I went to mediums three times, four times a year, and I called him a business expense for my business. And it was so weird. When I was done, I was done. But I went 10 years and nobody sees a medium as much as I saw a medium. And the last and final uh, thing that he said actually paid for all my sessions with him. He said, your dad needs you to do a mailer in your neighborhood. And I go, no, no, no. Those are all the fancy realtors. I'll never get anywhere. This little old man called me and gave me a listing <laughs> and he died during the um, listing period. And I had to go, it was like a probate and I had to go to court with his son. And, wow. and I eventually sold the house. It took like 24 months and I made $25,000 on that sale. Wow. And that was the last time, but I felt like that was my PhD in mediumship. 
because I, when I represented painters, see, I, I really think this is an art form. Definitely. And all of us paint the painting differently. We all communicate with the dead differently. And I remember when I painted, when I represented painters, one of them was not formally trained. Mm. And she painted outside the lines and she painted outside the box. And the, mi- the minute she was going to go to UCLA to learn, she got frightened. And that's kind of how I am when it came to going to other mediums for training because it's so personal. It is a personal journey yes. for you to go to spirit. That's why I like to private mentor people because it's a per- it's so deeply personal. And if you're a medium that's just going, oh, let's do, just do a little meditation and then let's just start doing readings. Oh my good God. Please you don't do that. Please don't, Please do, don't that. do that. And that really kind of flows into what you and I were talking before we started um, recording, Susan, the spiritual protection and also being disciplined in this work. I, from my own experience, and I will say guilty as charged, I can own it. (laughs) You know, being so wide open before I got a mentor and got into a development circle and did formal training, I was wide open like 7-Eleven, 24-7, getting downloads, sharing messages. And, you know, I just look back now and I think, thank God that was such a short period of my time with spirit because I know better now. And that's why I hope this podcast can inspire other budding mediums to be really disciplined from the start. Like you're not meant to be open, in my opinion, open all the time and giving messages. And um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what I saw, I'll just tell you is I had an assistant that suddenly was doing readings for people in malls, like walking up to people. And I, she was listening to a lot of my stuff being in my presence. And I had no idea she was doing this. And I said, you cannot, this is, I ha- I've had gifted, lovely people in my life because I was going to chiropractor healer uh, here in California. That's like was saintly her practice is open but i is closed now but i would send anyone to her that i met and i went to her and i said i'm talking to animals and my my tap my phone is blowing up like i was doing it for free and i wasn't complaining i was helping people and more and more people and i was going to santa anita racetrack to help a horse win and that i didn't like but the horse and the trainer were lovely people and she said i i was telling her you know i think like here i'm thinking i'm going to be this really famous rich realtor in malibu that's all i wanted horses land ocean view i envisioned this house on the top of a cliff it's all of what my family would have wanted from me got it so when I was, I was going to healers and mediums and psychics, I loved this work, but I never thought I was doing it. And I remember one day I went into her and I said, I'm, doing, I'm talking to animals and I think I'm a healer. And she goes, yes, you are. And she said, and she was so inexpensive and so like present and affordable for the poor like people in LA. 
And she goes, but you need to charge because you're going to lose your gift. It's an energy. Definitely. And I was getting bombarded and I wasn't opening and shutting down. I wasn't opening and I, well, I kind of was opening, but I was so available. Yeah. And I, I remember like up to two years ago, I was doing five days a week. I was book solid for six months, five days a week, four to five readings a day. It was way too much for me. I did. I wasn't getting the message. And I was like, I, you know what? I need to slow down. Yeah. And that was that the answer to your question? Cause I just go off. No, you're doing good because it's, you know, it's bringing in the point that when we start doing this work with spirit, we are spirit will give us that little carrot that they dangle to get us into doing the work because if we understand that spirit does not have a physical vessel anymore and they need mediums to cooperate with them, partner with them, to be the messengers, to be, I always joke with my clients and say, I'm the post lady. I just deliver the messages. I don't write them. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and that's not to undermine the work I do, but it's, I'm the messenger spirit. And needs- also somebody told me once, this is a good one too, that yeah. you probably would love, you pay me, but I work for spirit. Absolutely. I mean, 100%. I have no control over who's coming in. Mm-hmm. Neither do, you know, none of us. The masses Absolutely. are just, and people are like, I never met them. Why would they be here? And I'm like, because they're part of your bloodline and they see your light and yes. they're here to help you. Yeah. That's why every generation in life gets better and better because you've got seven to 10 generations back in your bloodline that see you. And are interested in you. Absolutely. I say the exact same thing. And where it's important is, is that when we start working with spirit, we're so excited when we can start making those connections. And, and the bonus part is, is when we actually have that information validated by somebody else. So then they, we think, okay, we're not actually crazy. What I'm seeing, what I'm perceiving, somebody can understand. Oh my goodness. And then there's like this high, if you will, that comes from it. And it gives us this excitement and momentum when we keep doing the work. Yes. And that momentum, we just like, we can do more, we can do more, we can do more. But yet, if we don't find balance and if we don't find discipline, we yes. will completely burn out. And I know my mentor, part of me, had said, you know, you're not meant to do this full time. I go, what do you mean? She's like, you cannot expect your physical body to perform eight hours a day doing mediumship. And I thought, well, I've (laughs) I've been working 10 hours a day at my other job. What's the, you know, no problem. You know, what's eight hours of mediumship? But what's, part of me. What's interesting though is that the physical body, there's so many organs that are, and many people don't affected. know this, yes, that are affected. Talk about that. That's right. You know, in particular, um, the, the, liver, hippo, the, liver, the liver, the pancreas, um, yes. the hippocampus. There's all these different organs that are used in the production of the energy in order to make those connections. Because they're energetic. I have chills. Mm. You are. You are so spot on. I'm so meant to do this with and, you. And it's the truth because mm-hmm. I never understood why when I started working with spirit, I started going hypoglycemic. Uh-huh. And I was like, what the heck is going on? There's no way I could have done that. And I was do, working full time. Plus I was doing readings at nighttime, plus doing readings on the weekend. And people are like, 
you can do more, you can do more. And spirit said, Courtney, balance. And when I wasn't getting it, I was getting it in messages. I was getting it when I was pulling my tarot cards. I got the or message. you were getting sick. Total burnout. Yes. Total Exhaustion. burnout. Yeah. And that's totally real. And I think it's really important for us, you know, to be clear conduits for spirit. We need to really take care of ourselves, our physical body and our energy. Cause those, they're both synced. They're both synced. So, you know, yes. don't rush into development. Don't rush to start, you know, slamming out messages. I just came back from the Arthur Finley College, Susan, in <gasps> September. I want to go there so bad because I love England. I studied in London, Shakespeare, when I was after my mom died for like four Isn't months. it amazing? I'm going I back next England. year. Oh, maybe I've, I'll join you. <laughs> okay. I've already booked my course. Flights are booked. I'm going for three weeks. I'm so excited. Oh, so and one of the tutors had said something and it just resonated with me. And it was the way she worded it. There is no urgent message. And I go, what yes, do you mean by that? There is I no ur that. urgent message because like when we start working with spirit, we're so excited to give the message. Yes. And I think sometimes too, if we're not checking in with ourselves and actually doing this for the right reasons, this work, the ego can come in and start to get stroked a little bit by the validation mm -hmm. from others. That's yeah. just my my opinion. And when she had said, there's no urgent message, if you're not able to give that message, maybe it's not the right place, the right time, spirit's intelligent. They're going to find another channel for that message. Yeah. And I thought... It subtly and the person will go, oh my God, yeah. I can't believe you said that. Because it's not up to you or I to make the connection because I can't make heads or tails. Yeah. But when somebody will say to me, oh my God, that's da-da-da-da-da, that's what's important to me. I And the other thing is, is I I really get very excited. Yeah. You know, there's mediums out there that just stay boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I still get very excited. And I think it's my authenticity. Yeah. And I'm not embarrassed about it. And I think that that's what keeps my childlike presence intact in awe and, and excitement and beauty for this work. And so every medium is different. And, you know, I remember when somebody said, oh, God, there's just a small bunch of people that need you guys. So you're all clamoring. And I went, no, 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 no. Oh. It doesn't feel like that to me at all. I had a friend say, you're an amazing animal communicator. Why are you going and talking to dead people now? Just stick with it. I go, I'm just available yeah. for the limited amount of time that I'm with a client. I end and begin. I have very good boundaries. Um, and that's it. And I, that's when I work. I'm open and then I'm closed. Yeah. And um, whatever's coming in is for somebody's um, ability to hear it. Like I've, I've told people, I can't, let's reschedule this. We're not ready to do this in the state that you're in. And I, and I would be like, I, I, I would sit there and go, what the hell did I just do? I just had them booked. It's my time slot. And I feel blocked and I'm going to reschedule them. And then if I reschedule them and I, I mean, nobody talks about this, but I've had these situations like eh, a handful you know in a, a thousand readings maybe five yeah but 
I, I said to this guy, I can't read you. And his wife was so excited. She paid for the reading. I said, we're not ready. And it was because his dad had just transitioned. He wasn't ready to hear the messages. He wasn't, the guy wasn't ready to really communicate in spirit. Yeah. And what I did, I booked him five weeks later. And it was one of the most beautiful readings that I've ever had with somebody. And I was able to shift him. And it's not I, it's spirit was able yeah. to move him. And I had the guts. Like there's, I, I'm not, I mean, I remember getting a reading from this girl. I was all excited to say, oh, she's, she's only $200 and she's amazing. And I, she wanted me to go on camera. And I said, I'm not going to go on camera. I mean, I did animal readings over the phone for 13 years. I never saw a client. I get a picture of a pet. That's how I did it. And it's like, you don't need to be on camera to get this, you know, when yeah. you're connected. And I swear to God, I, I finally said to her, I didn't want to be mean because I'm so sensitive. If somebody is not present, believe me, I, it's hard for me. And I said to her, are you connected to me? And she goes, yeah. And I knew she wasn't. And it's, you know, it's okay to say, like for you guys that are out there that are learning or wanting or getting the connections, but are starting to like try to make heads or tails about it. I love that heads or tails, tails. <laughs> um, it's okay to say, you know, today's not a good day. Um, I'm going to reschedule you. You don't have to say why. You you will just feel it. You Your body is your vessel, your body is your attunement, yeah. your body will know because they use your body to tell you what the person died of, where, where they didn't get the messages to the loved one. I mean, it's, it's the most amazing thing. So I love that there's no rush. Yeah. There's no rush in doing this, but, you know, getting to your, yourself and your soul. I remember when I did this animal communication course, she was, she's pretty well known and she had like this big program. And I mean, she worked her butt off to put this huge program together and it was way out of my reach financially. And I just, I said, well, what, what will I get? And she said, you'll get testimonials to start your business. But I, I, I had already worked with myself. How I had this confidence, I have no clue. I'm the girl that needed an office to go to, that needed a company to work for. This became a knowing and a surety that nobody could take away. It's like my, my, my grandmother was a Red Cross Army nurse. She was tough as nails. And she would say to me, your education, nobody could take away. Because she was educated. I didn't, I didn't go to Harvard. I have a, a marketing degree from FIT in Manhattan. But, and I never really used it because I didn't love it. But this was a knowing. This is like a knowing and a surety in myself that nobody can take away. If yeah. I get if I get in front of a celebrity, I don't care. Like I yeah. it's like and before I would be shaking in my boots and any other position in acting and modeling, um, I would be so unsure of myself. And this is the only profession 
that I have ever done because I've had so many. And then you would say to me, well, why did you do so many things, Susan? Why? Because spirit had me do all those things. So I could help many different people on many different levels. So I could relate to the power person. I was a power person in yeah. my in my art work. And yes, it I was in and out of the art field in two years, in and out. And I had said to myself, I will retire in this business. I love it. People wanted me to work for them to represent other artists. I didn't think I would. And I was devastated when I knew one day, I don't want to be in that business anymore. I was like business hopping. This is the only (laughs) business that I love that has had longevity for me in the sense of a knowing. Absolutely. And that will happen if you're supposed to do this work. You just have to be okay with it. You know, and I always say to everybody, I've had people say, I'm getting this and I'm getting that. And they're really gifted. And they literally ask me, do I quit my job and do this full time? And I'm like, no, you don't quit your job. You don't take, you don't destabilize your life to to give spirit messages. You keep your job. You do this on the side. I hid, I was under my maiden name and I had this beautiful little website and I hid and I made like 10 or $15,000 a year doing animal readings because I was charging like a little bit. Yeah. And I built it and I built it and I built it. And then dead people started coming into my readings. And for the majority, people know I'm an animal communicator, but 90% of my business is talking to dead people. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't know why so many people... I guess I do know why, but I, it bothers me when people make statements like, you know, how you had shared somebody had said, okay, you know, I've got these abilities. Should I quit my job? How much money I can make from it? And for me, I just believe that, you know, we're meant to do what we're meant to do. And we're not always going to be millionaires or very well off doing it, but it doesn't mean that we can't have abundance in our life outside of monetary gain. And I just truly believe based on my own experiences, based on my level of understanding up to like this point in my life, that I think money should not be the motivating factor when we're doing this work with spirit, because we are working with people who often are in the depths of grief Mm -hmm. and mediumship can bring a level of healing that cannot be found elsewhere. It's, it's unique. And it's this sacred office that we're in working in partnership with the spirit world. And that's not to say as Psychic mediums, we shouldn't be compensated for our work. I absolutely believe that. And I do believe we should be compensated fairly for that as well. And I know, especially in my ministry training uh, in spiritualism, many of the mediums going back to the early 1900s, 1930s, and 1940s, none of them charged because there were so many fraudulent claims. So that was a way of proving their intentions and authenticity. That's right. And the law. And that was the, that's how they built, they built it for us. Absolutely. Because I have people coming on Facebook and saying, if you, if God gave you these gifts, how could you charge? Well, I have a mortgage. I have a gas bill. I have a water bill. I have pets to feed. I mean, this is what, how I've chosen to do my full-time 
Absolutely. 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 And I know that there's some, uh, you know, I've had a mentor who says, we, you know, you can't make a living off of it, but I also train with Tony Stockwell and, and he's amazing. And he says, you know, you can make a living off of this. Oh yes. And I do, I'm certainly not rich, but just like you said, you know, we all have bills and things that need to get paid. So we should be fairly compensated and money is an energy exchange as well. It is. I really do a lot of, um, you know, I don't, I don't roll out of bed like, woo, you know, I have to sit, meditate and do my positive affirmations. Yeah. And I do them every morning. And that's how I teach people because I do believe that money is your thought and money is energy. And I do, I mean, I manifested a house when I had no money as a child at 15, I worked on manifesting. Now it took me till I was in my early thirties, but I, when it, at 15, I knew I wanted to live in a certain area in California. And that I was, I knew I had a knowing that that is where I was going to buy a house. I wasn't a realtor. I knew nothing about real estate. So I'm very much into the power yeah. of your mind, science of mind. That is my, true religion is the science of my mind is so above so below i create this and the early spiritualists because there was so much pride have paved the way that this is a real profession yes and people that say that there's like just a few people looking for our work no i i really think that your your vibe with your tribe that was an album cover um and I really feel like the right people come to me, yeah. the people that need to hear what I have to say, those are the people that come to me. Definitely. And I think if we set that intention, Spirit World, I'm here. I'm here to work with you in partnership. Bring the right people that I can help. You know, they do. And when I first started doing the work, I was just so excited to do the work. I was working with everybody. And I was burnt out. I felt used, (laughs) abused, all of it. And I just said, spirit, help me with this. So I got really clear about where I was at, what I was available for. And when I got really clear and set my mind, what I would like to have so I could give, but also receive, it completely changed the clientele that I had the people that spirit brings to me and the energy, the level of energy that comes through when I'm working, it's completely different. And I think it's, like you said, it's the science of the mind, the power, and it's so important in any of our work, even outside of mediumship. Yeah. I I remember I got taught this amazing lesson in life. I had done a national commercial. I was in my early 30s. And, you know, it was a big deal. You did a national commercial. You got health care. I did like three or four with Ford. And this company that paid me a very little amount of money before I got in the union. This is like a really wonderful little side story. Um, They came back to me and they wanted another two years of that commercial. Only when they came back to me, I was in a different mindset and they wanted to pay me $2,200. So I'm going to just tell you what I made because 
this will really be exciting for people, the power of your minds. And I knew that they were going to air it internationally. And I said, don't call me unless you're prepared to pay X amount of money. I'm not going to say what I need because <laughs> it's, it's a lot. And they, they started to harass me. And um, I said, please don't call me anymore. This is harassment. I had a knowing. I had this knowing. And they paid me the number I gave them. Fantastic. And that was when I was in my early 30s. And at that point I had, I felt like I was already in real estate. I had nothing. And I, I mean, I was still nickel and diming it. Don't get me wrong, but there was a knowing, like I bought a house I couldn't afford. I don't know how I paid the mortgage. I don't think I bought a lipstick for a year. So there were all of these, um, you know, milestones that I feel like, how did I live through that? How did, that's when spirit will use you to make you stronger through the people that text me and email me that have gone through loss and grief and financial hardship and they're barely making it or they're living in a travel trailer. I'm going to tell you that <clears throat> spirit is, is going to use you to watch you overcome that to make you stronger. Because on some level, the things that we live through there's something to that. It'll either kill you or make you stronger. It usually will make you stronger. And to keep that vibe super high when you're going through, you know, even though it's so hard, because I've had the darkest night of the soul when I've had things taken away. I've had a lot of big things taken away. And I had to have my cry I sat in a dentist chair and the tears were just going down my eyes and he's like in my mouth and he's looking at me. Are you okay? He's thinking it's dental work and it's because I'm going through something, a process and a loss that is massive. And I have to know that no matter what happens, I'm always going to be okay. And leaning into the light, that's how this work becomes beautiful as you know, leaning into this massive amount of light, massive amount of love emanating from the center of my chest. That's how we get breakthrough that fourth dimension so that the fourth dimension doesn't mess with you. And the people that say, oh, fifth dimension, oh, I'm going to, that's God. When you go to the fifth dimension, you're with God. We access angels, dead people, deceased animals, disincarnates, they're all in the fourth. We're all accessing the fourth. Yeah. So you need the protection of the light work. But did we go over that? Did we speak? We did, but you know, I don't think it can be said enough though, Susan. No, I, I can't. No, it cannot. So we have covered so many things in this episode and I could talk to you for hours. So I have to have you come back. I would I have love to have to you come to you back. More. Susan, do you want to tell my listeners a little bit about like what you have coming up, how they can get in contact with you? Oh, I would love that. Okay, so SusanAllenMedium.com is my website. I have events on there. Um, I have a anybody that's in Los Angeles, I'm doing a Halloween Day animal communication intensive. It's like 300 bucks, but I'll go through everything 
in person in Cambria, California. That's on the Central Coast. On October 29th in Los Angeles, in person demonstration and spirit event at Almond Garden. I don't know when this is going to air, but we have events planned out where I do like gallery of eight. Everybody gets a reading. It's less expensive than my 20 minutes. So I have a lot of the same people that will come to that. Yeah. I do that like every other month. And um, I do demonstrations on Zoom, you know, where, and I do, if you sign up for my newsletter, I always do pop-ups for my newsletter people. And that's kind of fun. Perfect. That sounds good. I'm going to include all of this in the show notes. So people okay. will know how to get in contact with you, how to check in and register for your events. And you can also view Susan at Susan Allen Medium on Instagram and Facebook as well. So I will put that in the show notes. Susan, it's been so nice connecting with you and just having this real soul to soul conversation. It has been just beautiful to connect with you. You have a lovely energy and I love your spirit. It's been just, it's been divine. I'm going to say that. I really, really thank you for being here. Thank you so much. You're a doll. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Connected Spirit. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, Thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to MediumCourtneyDawson.com or check me out on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. Have a great day, guys.